on the banks of the Grand River, high above the Allura Gorge. This is the Buzzer Podcast. Indie music, new releases, industry insiders, out-of-the-box conversations with guests from the true north, from the west coast to the east coast, to across the pond, and from down under. And now, here is Shay. Hey, y'all. I am Shay. This is the Buster Podcast. Welcome and enjoy episode 66. First music trivia for July 20th. In 1958, fans of rock and roll music were warned that tuning into music on the car radio could cost you more money. Researchers from the Esso Gas Company said the rhythm of rock and roll could cause the driver to be foot heavy on the pedal making them waste fuel. Listeners get a treat today with the entire alt-rock cult icon band on the show today. They call themselves Five Lads from the Wrong Side of Mersey. Mersey is just outside of Liverpool in the United Kingdom. A great band and a fun episode you do not want to miss. Enjoy the show. So, hi, guys. I, it's really great that I got all of the cult icon on today on the podcast. Uh, welcome, James Taft, James Kaslish, Lee Berry, James Call, and Tom Byron. Hello. I'm just uh, I'm just kind of shocked that we're all on here because we can hardly get a practice together and then sort the podcast out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was actually kind of a... A cool thing, when we first connected way back when, when I first found your band, um, you wanted all the band on, and uh, I didn't have the platform for it, and now we do. So it's pretty cool. We are ever Um, ever marching forward. It's always good. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of growth, though. If you get timing, your EP, Steel, is coming out July 23rd. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've seen the announcement for the Buzzer podcast. We're now on, on 168 platforms. Wow, oh, amazing. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're, uh, where our content is on the Fired Up Network, and uh, we have a listening audience over a million, and that was launched July 11th. So hey, absolutely smashing it. Not, not to, uh, not to big ourselves up, but we're on four platforms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're going to have to navigate because uh, a lot of the questions, uh, I, I kind of want to, I want to hear from all of you. So um, I'm going to sort of just pick names and we'll go from there. So uh, I'd like to know a bit about each of you and your background. And we'll start with uh, James Candless. How did you get into music? Um, I got in quite late, to be quite honest. Um, I'm uh, the least talented member of the band, so I I can't actually uh, play an instrument other than just uh, shouting a lot. Okay. Apart from apart from harmonica, actually do a little bit of that. Do a little bit of that. But um, I really got into it through doing open mic scene in Liverpool. So um, like just getting up with people, developing confidence there, and that was only like well after I'd left uni. So like as I say, got into it really really late, and then Lee got into contact with me. Um, said he had like a little band going on and then I got involved in that and then that was kind of like my genesis moment 
of getting yeah. into a band. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. And you're the vocalist for the band, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. That's correct. Cool. And how about Lee Barry? You play guitar. I do. Yeah. Um. I have been in bands throughout sort of my late teens and into my twenties. Um. Me and uh, Taff were in a band together when we were younger um, and then we split and then I went with another band and then after that mm-hmm. sort of didn't do nothing with music for about three, four years um, and then I had like this bunch of songs um, wanted to do something with them that's when I got in touch with Candlish uh, I seen a video of them singing in an open mic and I thought that'll suit sort of the direction with the music that I want to go um, oh. I knew that I knew James Cole through his sister. We were in the same sort of school year together and knew he played drums, so got in touch with him. Knew Taff played bass, got in touch with Taff. And then, yeah, we had the practice together and it sounded good, but it didn't sound as good as it could. So we were thinking we need something to give it an extra kick. And then that's when Tom come in on the guitar as well. And yeah, that's how the band formed pretty much. That's cool. So you saw James on Facebook or where? Yeah, yeah. So I, I knew I knew uh, I knew Candlish previously, but I never really knew that he could sing. Um, I'm still not sure about it. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I seen I seen a video of him at an open mic, and I can't remember what he was singing. It may have actually been Roadhouse Blues by the Doors. Um, and I remember seeing it and thinking it, yeah. But I was quite shocked that he weren't already in a band. So, yeah, it was a, um, it was a lucky No shot. one puts up with me, mate, like you, mate. Yeah. No <laughs> one puts up probably <laughs> That is true, yeah. That's uh, really cool. That's really cool. What about you, James, Dad? Uh Yeah, so um, similar to Lee, I started playing uh, bass in my late teens. Um, was in a couple of really terrible pop-punk bands. Um, and then made, got into a band with Lee. Uh, we did a couple of gigs and a couple of festivals, um, and then that that stopped. And when that stopped, I kind of base went to the wayside and didn't really pick it up again for a few years of work and university commitments. Um, and then Lee got in touch with me and said, "Do you fancy getting getting back together again?" I was like, "Yeah, go ahead, let's go for it." Did you start on the bass or did you start on guitar? As every bassist, I'd started on guitar and couldn't play it, so I picked up something a bit easier. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and uh, uh, Tom O'Shea, uh, you play uh, the guitar. Oh, uh, how come I have that? Tom. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I, the name. Um, okay, it's Tom Byron. Byron. You guys threw me a curve here, man. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's because it's me, me dad's Irish. Well, I've got my mum's last name, and so my Irish family can find me on Facebook. Okay, enjoy. so you go by Tom Byron. Yeah, legally I go by Tom Byron. Okay. Known as O'Shea as well. So, I like uh, a, I like O'Shea. It's a character play on my name. <laughs> yeah, legally it's Tom Byron, but if he's doing anything illegal, it's Tom O'Shea. Okay, good to know. Good to know. That's, that's the name you use in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what yeah. about your journey? How did you get uh, interested in music? Um, so I didn't have much of a choice, I sort of brainwashed, as you will. Um, my my dad's a musician. Um, he's been playing in pubs and in part of chippy pans all around the world where we live, like the past forty years ago, uh, forty years. And 
I was sort of raised watching him play in tiny pubs and boozers full of pretty uh, happy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was always guitars, always guitars lying around the house. Um, so inevitably, a poor child, you end up picking one up. Um, so I've probably done that about the age of 11 or 12. Oh, wow. um, yeah, I, I, had a, I had a little bit of a rebellious period. I was in metal bands, teenager, I was really into metal. Um, and then went on sort of hiatus for a little bit when I went to university. And then, yeah, I got a call from uh, Taft to say, I'll take him look for a guitar player and I had a chance to audition, so I went and auditioned and luckily it went well and here we are. Okay. That's cool. Now we're going to my favorite part of the band, the drums. James Call. How'd you get into them? <laughs> it is big Papa yeah. peach. Adi, you know what? I, I, I'm a sucker for the percussion part of the band. It's a sucker. <laughs> I love it. So what about you, James? Um, well, for me, my first roots into music was actually um I actually picked up the guitar first um originally. Okay. So like that, I think it was through High school, like year seven, they get like they were offering like guitar lessons. But then when I was taking the guitar lessons, I just couldn't get my head around it. And the fact that the guitar teacher was trying to make me learn uh, the James Bond theme tune yeah, through that year. Were you in the UK? <laughs> yeah. but to be honest, I'm not even that big of a fan of uh, James Bond anyway. So I found it tedious. Um, and from that, I think after a few weeks of it, I sort of went, oh, it's not for me, this. And then I think just always just appreciate music, listen to it. But then probably when I was about 14, 15, uh, I thought, I'm going to have a go at drums. I always watched, like looked at it when I seen like, a few of my other mates playing bands. And I thought, I think I can do that myself. And after, mm-hmm. I'd say after a few few goes at just trying to play, you know, or sticking your headphones in with like listening to your favorite song or whatever, trying to play. Um, I slowly mm-hmm. got like the hang of it. And then from there, going onwards, um, played in like a few bands myself um, in Liverpool and that. And then I took, actually had like a period out of it because I had a band with a few me, few me mates from college, but then sort of fell out of love with it after a while because after I was doing all like the sort of organise and the band trying to get gigs for ourselves and it was a bit, a bit hard going well. She had a, a nine to five job as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then I had, a, I had a period out of music and then it wasn't until like going to a few of our mates' gigs. I think it was like bumping into Lee then and then he eventually messaged me like over a few weeks and he was just like, do you want to get along and have a jam and see where it goes from there? And that's where we're currently up to now. It just started from that one little jam over the weekend. So, yeah, that's that's my journey. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, your tagline on Facebook is five lads from the wrong side of Mersey. Right, um, <laughs> tell me about that and tell me how did the band get together? So, sort of, where, where we live is on a peninsula called the Whittle. Um, and we, we, we say... Yeah, we say it's the wrong side of the Mersey because sort of everyone associates Liverpool. Everybody knows Liverpool. Everybody knows Liverpool bands, and okay. sort of Whittle, Whittle has this um, has this surge of bands that people know of. But if you ask someone from outside of Whittle, they'll go, "Oh yeah, them guys from Liverpool." Or if you're on holiday and you meet someone, they ask you where you're from. 
it's easier just to say Liverpool because trying to explain and point to win on a map, they just don't understand it. But yeah, that's what that tagline means, basically. Okay. <laughs> yeah, people from the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're basically just here to get Birkenhead absolutely massive. Like okay, so how did the band get together? Do you find each other through adverts or do you grow up together? Like, what happened? We're all we're all LinkedIn friends wise. So obviously, I've I've newly um, through uh, my sister being in the same year and Taff as well because they used to come round to our house even when I was a lot young. Um, when I was obviously, does it I think there's there's a three four years difference between me and you and Taff? Like, I think. Yeah, when he says go round, it was for parties with like his sister's party. We we we. We weren't going to like babysit or anything like that. It was. Uh... Okay. <laughs> I don't know. In my side of the pond, it's dating. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I was just going with it. That's okay. Okay, so, so yeah, yeah. yeah we all sort of linked into each other, but we wasn't until I think Lee was the main linchpin for like sort of all of us. He can like connected the dots, like join us all together. Like I didn't know Candlish before. Um, joining the band properly and I didn't really I didn't know of Tommy either and like it wasn't until but then realising that there was a really good chemistry between us all after a few practices we could see that it, it, this definitely could work and the body of music that we've produced so far is showing the signs that you know we're onto onto good stuff okay so you're close to Liverpool yeah Oh yeah, God! Like, like what? Like three, three minutes on the train if you were going from Hamilton Square to yeah, to, to, okay. to Liverpool. It's literally it, it is literally that close, but um, could... it's a different entity in itself. <laughs> okay, okay, but your live events, I've seen your uh, pack the house at Jimmy's Liverpool. Yeah, that that one's coming up on the twenty fourth. That one. Um, um, we've completely sold it out, which um has been like a massive. Uh, I don't know. How, how would how do we explain it? Ego boost. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely an ego boost. <laughs> uh, it's ego been good because but, yeah. I mean, Jimmy's is a two hundred and fifty venue uh, capacity venue. So okay, I mean, being in the middle of a pandemic and not being able to play live, people haven't been able to see us and go let's go and see that band again this is purely through listening to music that we've put out awesome sort of through spotify and apple music and all them other ones that pay us very very little money for the streams um but yeah so it, it's basically sort of been through word of mouth and stuff and we've got a couple of really good support acts on with us as well so i think that sort of helped but um yeah, it's definitely, um, we're definitely really happy with how the ticket sales have gone and stuff. So yeah. it should be a good gig. It should be a good night. It looks like a great venue. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty new to Liverpool as well. So I think it's only been here for about two or three years. But uh, yeah, it's sort of stamped its name firmly on the music scene around here. Like, Well, congrats on that. That's it. It's meant to have a, like, a really nice sound in there as well. Because obviously like, it's been built specifically for that reason. I feel like quite a lot, quite a lot of venues kind of like they do the uh, live room as an afterthought instead of building it around it, which I think they've gone for in their Jimmy's. So it's got like natural, really nice acoustics in there, and it's one of those places where you know you got like a dead low ceiling. So and you look out across a crowd or you're in a crowd, it just seems busier. 
because you're essentially all just like little sardines in a can. And uh, I love that. We all love that. I saw the way you, the cool way you celebrated it, like the video of you guys roller skating. It's definitely not me because I can't inline skate. I need the one with the four wheels, like side by side on them because I fall over on inlines. Taff's the inline skater in this band. Oh, okay. Yeah, Taff is. You always see him down the front in his, uh, in his hot pants with his rollerblades. Mm. Yeah, all the time. He's known for it, some might say. Mm. Regular in the wine. Is roller skating yeah. popular in the UK? <laughs> no. Do you know what? No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> back, like, back off a minute. It's got weirdly popular over 2020, like on the front, like literally just on the on the waterfront in Liverpool, uh, just by the three graces. So you've got like uh, like you know the um, where the okay. buildings are and that. There's like this little flat piece of gra- ground there, and for some reason, like it's now like during 2020, everyone's rollerblading there. Like not just like skateboarders who've been there since like day dot, but like you've just got loads of people just rollerblading up and down there. And they've recently opened somewhere up um, over in Liverpool in Invisible Wind Factory. That's a venue over in Liverpool, um, and it's now like a proper little uh, in indoor rollerblading place. It's like. I don't know what's going on. That was pretty cool. I used to go every Friday night when I was growing up. (laughs) So we're coming up to track one, which is Steel, off the the Steel EP. Uh, Who wants to tell me about that? Tom? Um, I will. So um, I wrote the riff during the first lockdown last March. Uh, Me and my girlfriend, I was roommating with with, uh, a lad I know at the time, and I was... Confined to my like the four four walls of my room because of uh, COVID, it's self isolate. And while I was working from home, while not really working, uh, I was just playing that riff over and over again, doing my girlfriend dead and really annoying it. Uh, I recorded it on my phone, got about it. And then when we started practicing again in the autumn, I think in maybe October, um, that riff came out uh, and then developed really quickly to the point where we could put it on the either recorded in January. Um, I think I think I'm sure the lyrics the day that I'll Okay. Yeah. In in terms of like lyrics, like it's very much um, the song comes first and then the lyrics come after. Like the way I, the yeah. way I write lyrics is very much like reflecting the riff that either Lee or in this case Tom will put into it. So like it, it just evolves quite naturally and then the song like we'll, uh, we'll know if we've got a good one because it doesn't need work it's really strange it's just like it just kind of fits together and they're like right that that's good the more we work at something the more we're just a mm-hmm. bit like <laughs> it's like trying to ram you know like when you've got a toddler with like one of them little triangular bricks trying to ram it into a square hole <laughs> yeah. Does anyone else know what I'm on about here? Or am I just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah? Like it's not just me that I, this is a kid. All right, great. We're all on the same page. Yeah, that's what it feels like. <laughs> okay, well we're gonna listen to it now. Steel.
I like the song. It uh, I like it. It was a bit of a hard rock influence, a um, bit of an anthem song as well to me. Uh, it was it written that way on purpose. It, it, again, it, it was very much. It just came about as I say, like my my interpretation of the situation that was going on in this country. Um, in terms of like, I feel like, particularly in this country, you, you've got a state of uh, God. You've got me onto politics now, but like, you've got a state of status of a country whereby you've got a party running it that doesn't seem to really care too much about the majority of people's lives, and okay. it's it's basically about trying to you're being pushed down, and you're going to carry on despite it, or you're going to thrive through it yeah so, so that's that's my two cents on that i have a question for you mm-hmm. what is your take on briax um uh, what sorry okay well okay i'll answer again i, I pronounced it in canadian way what what's your thoughts on brexit and the impact it's, it may have on uh touring uh artists oh god it's it's been absolutely devastating um i think in terms of music and touring. I mean, like a lot of bands are getting hit by that at the moment. And yeah. there's potential talk of like, what is it? Uh, like the tra- musicians travel passports when previously you didn't really need them. Yeah. To it's a lot of extra cost. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, like I, I, I personally didn't vote for it. And I don't, I don't know, but I can't speak for other people. But I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. I still never thought it was a good idea in the first place. And the longer it's going on, and now that we're finally in a position where we're out of Europe near enough, um, it's yeah. I don't feel like it's done anyone any favors whatsoever. But well, my take, they're not doing enough for the artists there. Uh, no, they're not. Yeah, they, they, uh, just another. Elton John also came out and supported the smaller artists. Yeah, yeah, just another uh, the government just showing again how much they don't care about the people in the country and what's going on with the country. They just care about themselves. It's completely disregarded the music industry as a whole. Um, it, it, yeah, it's an absolute joke what they've done, to be honest. It, it's funny because there's things about saying if it can't, like, there's a general attitude uh, towards the governance of this country, which is like, if it can't make money, there's no interest in it. Like, that, that's pretty much it. But then at the same time, you're looking at like how much revenue it brings to the country. What was what was the figure like during during uh, Brexit? Was it eight was it eight hundred million or something some figure like that? Has anyone got their figures to hand or like they can remember it? We've spent more money on leaving the EU than we would have put than we've put in it in total since we joined the EU, which is like ridiculous. Because like as Tom said, I think a lot of the country were con they were promised that money'd be pumped into sort of the national health service and stuff like that. And that, you know, it just goes to show at the start of the pandemic. I mean, my girl my girlfriend's a nurse and they weren't even given the correct PPE to wear, um, protection stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there was a um they weren't given the correct really? PPE and stuff. They were um, yeah, the way they've the way they've handled it's like disgraceful, but yeah, as Tom said, I think um, the pandemic's been the focus for every everyone, and a lot of Brexit stuff has sort of been sweeped through very quickly um, without people noticing what's going on. But going back to the music industry as well, it it's had a huge effect. And like even looking at 
sort of to the fact of bands like ourselves, if we want to put a um a single out or an EP or an album out on a vinyl, um there's there's not I I think there's two or three vinyl yeah. pressing um plants in the UK. We we would have got them from EU countries, but now with Brexit, the cost of getting them from an EU country is ridiculous so getting a physical copy of something as well is it's even small things like that yeah, it's made it really is. difficult yeah it's uh, it, it's very frustrating because uh the artists contribute over 8 billion in us or 5 billion 5.8 billion pounds to the uk economy uh i, I don't i really think that they were uh it, I really think they need to do a revisit, but um, I just wanted to see what you would say, you know, because it 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 would impact touring. It will impact when you release um, a song. You want to keep momentum going, and if you want to tour outside of uh, Britain, uh, you could be delayed, right? Yeah, I think for a, a lot of uh, bands in a position like ourselves, uh, it's just starting out trying to get your name out there. Um, putting a single out on Spotify can get a reach around the world um, but we're going to struggle to even get over the, the English Channel to France because not only is there no sort of agreement for touring visas but the, even the members of the EU if you're not in the EU they don't have a uniform approach to it so in some countries you can go for 30 days and you don't need a work permit and you can play gigs in other countries if you're not a massively well-known band then you've got to pay for a permit, even if you're only there for two days. And it's just added costs onto touring, which is already a big cost for a band to do for the first tour. So unless somebody's going to come out and start pumping money into bands even more so to be able to cover that cost, it's going to be near impossible for small yeah, bands to get a reach well, out there in your... Obviously, say for like gigs and that, so I reckon it'll be probably a lot of maybe not so much big end um, American artists or whatever across the water and likewise with UK artists um, won't have the chance to probably tour probably until whatever gets resolved we'll probably put off touring you know to um, go anywhere across the country which is quite sad because there'll be probably some you know big fan bases as well around the world for like other bands and that but probably won't have the chance and probably just have to stay in their own sort of a little circle not really just doing like little small tours whereas they missed out on the opportunity to probably go on like a big world tour or whatever it be well I hope it's resolved it's resolved like in Canada artists have uh, barriers uh, when they want to tour in the US uh, and uh, that's never been addressed by the union but uh, hopefully, uh, I'm hoping uh, the COVID situation highlighted a lot of problems that are in the industry and it'll be fixed up over time and hopefully soon. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, I, I feel like a lot of people, they were like, oh, we'll be fine as long as nothing goes wrong. And it's just like <laughs> the, 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 big, the biggest thing that could Murphy's have gone law, wrong. Right? wrong. Like, yeah, like. Every single person on the planet was put in pretty much near enough the same boat because they had to deal with the same thing, but with very different abilities to deal with it. So, it, it, oh God, it's one of them. Absolutely okay. crazy. Well, we're coming up. Uh, we're coming up to another uh, banger. I love this song. I love the folky part of it. 
um, the uh, folk influence. Uh, See you go. Um, did uh, who wrote the song? And could you tell me a bit about uh, the backstory of the song? That's uh, that's another one of uh, Tom's riffs that he brought in. Uh, See you go and. Candlish wrote the lyrics to it. Um, I'll let them talk more in a sec, obviously. Um, okay. I just remember when Tom brought the riff in and Candlish sort of put a melody to it, just thinking, to me, it sounded very sort of, I don't want this to come across stupid, but it's not, you, it wouldn't look out of place in sort of a Western, sort of that's that kind of vibe to it. Yeah, um, and. We were, we were sort of playing around with the tune and uh, I'd been listening to uh, the one of my favourite bands. I've been listening to the Black Keys a lot and they've got a tune called uh, Little Black Submarines and that sort of starts acoustic and then goes really heavy at the end. And I thought that that would work really well for this tune and we tried it and it sort of just all gelled there. Um, but yeah, we, we had a good play around with this one in the studio there's like an organ in it and stuff like that which you know we don't we don't really use live and um, we've got like sort of a guitar effect pedal on that part but yeah it was it was fun to record and it's always one looking forward to to play but i'll let tom and candlish speak about how uh how they wrote it the riff and the lyrics okay great i wrote it on an acoustic guitar um which is probably why it sounds a bit folky and i've got two sort of folders in my phone of recordings and there's a called like um, and there's just stuff that wouldn't work for the Tycoon folder. That's how I sort of hung up. And this was in the not Tycoon folder, just because it, I thought it sounded a little, a little bit funky or a little bit too soft or acoustic. And then I was in the, in the rehearsal room, as we're sort of in between songs, you know, like people are tuning up, maybe someone's going to get a drink. Uh, I just started playing a riff, and Carlos was in the room. And then he just started immediately just um, sort of streaming lyrics. You know, without even writing them down, just sort of singing them as we go along, and then it worked. And then we we put the idea to make it really heavy towards the end, and it makes it um, But as far as the lyrics go, kind of, kind of yeah. yeah, like it, that, 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 that's my habit generally. Of like, I'll, 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 the best time for me is that little time where like we're practicing. And then we go, oh, should we go for it? Should we go for a smoke? Should we go for a beer or something? And then someone will be playing something like just messing about. Mm. And then I'll I'll just hit record on my phone and then just start doing like a stream of consciousness kind of thing. Okay. So whatever whatever falls out my mouth falls out my mouth, and then that's kind of the skeleton of the song. So that's where the hello hello thing came came from. And then after that, that's when we started putting meat on the skeleton, and then it became its own little thing. Like it's more about that kind of relationship you'll be in where you know you're. You want to you want to be random at the same time, but at the same time you really can't stand them. So maybe it's just like <laughs> that's yeah, what I read. Maybe, that's what I felt from the song. I'm going, yeah, I'm sure we, we've all experienced that. That's how I uh, feel about this band sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. Oh, we love, we love you too, mate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like it, like it, like it, like it when he's nasty to me. He <laughs> he. <laughs> So the way you approach this song, is that your typical creative process? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, like, I feel like if, if, I, if I try and write lyrics to a song down first and then try and, like, fit it to a riff that one of the guys made, it, 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 
you can see see the way I'm hesitating now. That's me just trying to think about it. I can't, I can't, I can't do it that way around. It needs to be song first, and then make the words up to the song. Like, um, like it's like it's you making it organically from from the bottom up, rather than trying to fit the top bit on top. I feel like lyrics are essentially just like toppings on a pizza. You need to make the base and like put the cheese and the tomato on first. You, yeah. you have got some weird analogies, man. So you've just compared the song to a pizza, and then earlier we were on about a toddler putting a triangle toy into a square hole. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody missed their dinner tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'll be today, you know, it was decent. Um, <laughs> no, it's, I don't know, like that. that's just the way my mind works. So like when, when it's been applied to write lyric writing, I just think about it in different weird ways. So I hope that's reflected in the way I write. With the past, like the two songs uh, with Tom, we're also lovely with the songs that we've uh, recorded and released. It's either started off with either Lee or Tom with a riff, and then I've always just threw something, um, a rough, uh, like, so to say, a rough, like, percussion, you know, down for it. So just a rough body of what I'd, I'd say for like a drum beat and then from there it will it progresses and then we all start adding it and sometimes I'll change it but like to think with steel I think I got that sh- straight away within the first 10-20 seconds I didn't really much change anything to it whereas like to see you go that was um, okay I had to play around with that a bit more because it's not your, your traditional breakdown of a song of sort of I know an intro verse chorus this chorus, yeah, a bit of a solo, you know, whatever it be. So it's, some songs take a little bit longer, some songs you can get straight away. Yeah, really cool. I love it. So we're going to listen to See You Go right now. Beloved girl, 
You once meant so much to me. Yes, you were my world. Goodbye, goodbye, my forgotten friend. Been cheating and aligning, mistakes you did not intend. My head, it speaks a language. But my soul don't want to know And nothing hurt me more Than to see you walk out the door I hate and love to see you go So we, we listened to these two tracks, uh, See You Go and uh, Steal. Um, all right, the rest of the EP is going to include Peach Faith, uh, Birkenhead Blues. No, and... we've, uh, we released them too as singles. So we've, Okay, we've, so what's in, on the EP? We've got two new tracks that people wouldn't have heard yet unless they've seen us live. In fact... Yeah, well, one track we've played live and one we haven't. So we've got a track called uh, Rain Check and a track called Miss You as well. Um, Rain Check's quite a sort of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say psychedelic. There's quite a lot of tremolo and reverb in that track and it's quite heavy as well. Um, and then Miss You's probably the softest track that we've got. Um, that originally started out on an acoustic, um, but yeah, that's a really good track, and the bass line on that track stands out a lot as well. It's a, it's a really good bass line. Like, so, yeah, they're two brand-new tunes that we're putting on there, but uh, yeah, if people want to have a listen to Peach Faith, Birkenhead Blues, they're on all the streaming services now um, with our first single as well, Cold Street Shade, that we brought out. But yeah, the, the EP's four brand-new tracks, so people wouldn't have heard them until... They listen to the EP or listen to this podcast. Oh, good. So it's going to be a four-track EP? It is, yeah, four tracks. So See You Go, Seal, Rain Check, and Miss You. That's it, yeah. Yeah. And the EP releases on the 23rd. 
So yep. they'll be able to listen to them then. Or are they able to pre-save? Yeah, they will be able to pre-save them. Uh, we're just waiting on getting the pre-save link from the distributor that we use at the minute. But hopefully we're going to have that, I mean, in the next day or so. Um, yeah, but um, they'll, they'll be available on all the usual stuff, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Deezer, Tidal, all them, all that good stuff. So other than the EP, do you have anything uh, in store this year or are you concentrating on live gigs for the remainder of the year and uh, showcasing your new tracks? I think that I think that's it. It's just trying to put our mark on the scene. To be okay. quite honest, uh, getting getting to as many different live live gigs as we can. Um, just getting getting ourselves out there. Because at the moment we've got like our online presence sorted, but no one really has seen us perform. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, when we start when we started, um, we'd had maybe three gigs, and then we were slapped with uh, COVID. So we were just getting momentum going. And then we got hit with that. But the the good thing about that is, is that we have been able to make an EP and we have been able to get that out there. And it's coming in at the right time with a with a sold out show. And then hopefully we're going to get more momentum from that to keep us hitting the ground running. Mm-hmm. You did a lot of great stuff. I give you guys credit for being a new band and having to deal with COVID. That says a lot for you guys as a team well it can kill it can kill a lot of relationships um but like we've we've remained strong throughout of not not anything i'd say that we've got stronger yeah we're fair i mean not to say that we wouldn't have done it but covid's sort of been a blessing as well i mean we haven't been able to play live but as uh, Candice said, we've been able to get in the studio. We've released three singles. We've got an EP coming out, and we've sold out a gig all, all while COVID was happening. So, I mean, as much as it's been, as it hasn't been great, it's also, there's a, there's a silver line in there as well, where we've been able to do all this stuff, uh, which I'm happy about. I'm sure the rest of the lads are as well. But just getting that studio experience behind us because sort of getting the first single recorded and stuff was great in that because um, a few of us hadn't been in a studio before, didn't really know how it worked. Now we can just go in. We know we what tracks we need to lay down and the quickest way to do it to get the best sound and stuff like that. So, yeah, getting that experience behind us and um, just being being able to record the EP and then sell an hour gig as well without even playing live shows. Like I'm, I'm like really proud of that. Yeah, that's great. I think, for, I think for us now, yeah. probably for the now July now, so what you sort of hitting that halfway mark um, of like the year, just over halfway of the year. So I'd probably say just playing if you can, obviously if we could do something like maybe fat, like fat, including Jimmy's, probably like another four gigs or something going into the back end of the year, and then see where we are from that. And then personally, I think it'll be time then probably to get back in the studio and start writing more, whether do another EP or slightly bigger EP or whatever. See whatever happens from there. But yeah, that's probably the plan just for now. Just playing some more gigs in the meantime. Yeah, we're op- we're optimistic. We're optimistic. Well, it's all your attitude. And when you anyone's dealing with something like COVID that negative, uh, you know, it's your attitude. And you guys came out with a lot of positive stuff. Now you got a fully booked gig and uh, EP coming out. So 
you're really kicking ass. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, great. So where's the best uh, place to follow you guys? Would it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Um, all free. All free. <laughs> yeah. If you can spare a like on all, all of them, we'd, uh, we'd appreciate that. I think we're most active at the minute on Twitter. Um Facebook and Instagram we do use as well. Um, we sort of put our big announcements through there as well. Um, but yeah, those three. And then um, obviously Spotify and stuff, you can follow us on there. Keep uh, keep up to date with any releases that we've got and any shows coming up as well. Oh, good. So you're on all the platforms? We are, yeah, we are. We cover all bases. We're, we're even looking at, get, we're looking at going back to MySpace as well. I don't know if anyone still uses that, but that's okay. an extra one for yeah. us. I don't think anybody's going back to MySpace. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a few, uh, a few people, but it won't make the list. Uh, yeah. So, um, and the handle I believe is called Icon on all of them. Yeah, at Icon. Okay. Cool. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show, all of you. It was great having the whole band on. Oh, thank you. I thank you really, for having us show. Yeah, really excited. We planned this, what, like seven months, six months ago, five months ago? Yeah. That was that yeah. Long yeah, I know. It, it seems like I've been doing this forever, man, but I, I launched it January 12th. Uh, but I was talking to you, I think, way before I launched the podcast. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a it bit was, longer. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed having you guys on and uh, have a great evening. You too. Cheers for having us, Shake. Have a great day. See you later. Well, thank you all for tuning in. That's a wrap. Episodes run Mondays and Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Who shows up and what we talk about who knows right now? Live on the edge. Just tune in and enjoy. Thank you to the artists on today's show. This show wouldn't happen without your music. Promote the music on social media. The more people hear the music, the farther the music will reach. Follow us on Instagram at the Buzzroll Media and on Twitter at the Buzzer Indie. Subscribe views at thebuzzerpod.com. The Buzzroll Media has sponsored this podcast. Catch you at the pod next episode, On Air Indie. From iPad to yours, over the airways. Have a good one. See you next episode. Cheers.